Our scripture today is from 1 Kings 18, 20 to 39. It's on uh, page 310 in your Pew Bible Old Testament. So Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people did not answer him in a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets number 450. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull, lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. All the people answered, well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourself one bull and prepare it first, for you are many. Then call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given to them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning till noon, crying, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no answer. They limped about the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, cry aloud, surely he is a god. Either he is meditating, or he has wandered away, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. Then they cried out loud, and as their was their custom, they cut themselves with swords and lances until the blood gushed all over them. As midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the ob oblation, but there was no voice, no answer, and no response. Then Elijah said to all the people, come closer to me, and all the people came closer to him. First, he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar large enough to contain two measures of seed, which was 13 quarts. Next, he put the wood in order cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. He said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Again, he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time so that the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that these people may know that you, 
O Lord, our God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. This is the word of God for the people of God. It is again my joy this morning to deliver the word, and today I'm preaching from the pulpit. And for the past few weeks, Pastor Hemi has been preaching about Elijah, what his life can teach us. And um, one of the weeks, she talks about how Elijah was uh, the presence of God, how Elijah experienced the presence of God. Especially last week, she talked about the mantle, passing on the mantle. And I've been wrestling with that idea. I've come to realize that depending on the stage of life where you are, either you have a mentor to pass on to the next generation, or probably you are like in my phase of life where you are in a place where you have to receive the mentor, or again, you are again in a phase where you have it, you have to use it. And the mentor can be anything, a gift, a talent, a call. And as I was trying to wrestle with that idea. I was wondering what makes people not to embrace the mentor that they've been given or that they have not to pass it to other people. And I noticed something that this story can encourage us this morning. And one of the things which becomes an obstacle, it is our past. Because sometimes we feel like we are not worthy what we've been through or where we've been through. And sometimes we reject the mantle that God has sent in our direction to use. And I think it's very important for, for us to remind each other about that because of few reasons. The first reason is that I believe that God has invested in each one of us something, either a gift, either a talent, either an ability. God has invested something in you. And what I believe is God doesn't need your gift in heaven. God did not empower you so that you can serve him in heaven. It's so that we can make a difference here on earth so that we can transform and change our community here on earth. The second reason is the way the God's kingdoms work. God's kingdoms work through what I call delegation. We as Christians, we are the ones who represent God. Therefore, our actions and everything that we do becomes 
the means through which God can make an impact into the world. This, this is one of the reasons that God equips us because he knows that we represent him. If you remember the story of Moses, he was asking God, if they ask me, who sent me? What should I say? God said, you say, I am that I am. But God went a little bit further by describing how Moses should introduce him. It's so amazing that God identified himself with other people. He said, you should say, the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, which is very interesting, which tells us that God is a work who likes to delegate his power, and God cannot delegate his power if he did not empower you. So confidently today, I can also say that God of Bellamy, God of Amy, God of Dev, you can put your name there because God called you, equipped you, and delegated you to represent him. So that's why I think it's very important for us to remember that we all have something to give to the world. We all have something to serve with God or to serve our community and our church around. As I say, unfortunately, one of the things that becomes an obstacle and it has become an obstacle a couple of times in my own life, it is our past. And hopefully God is going to help us through the story of today to understand God's thought about it. A little bit of the context on the story, the famous story that we almost know. It has been three years that Israel has been under serious drought. Elijah disappeared, so the king has been looking for him. Elijah decided to appear and he said, I'm going to show up to the king. Shows up to the king, the king tried to put the blame on him and say, you are the one who is troubling Israel. If we have drought, it's because of you. Elijah said, no, it's not because of me. It is you and your father's house, you have rejected God's commandments. That's why God has brought the drought over you and over the nation. So, why don't you bring your prophet, the prophet of Baal and Asherah, to the Mount Carmel? I'm going to have a little demonstration, and I'm going to show you who is the boss in Israel. So they gathered together, they went on the mountain. Over 400 prophets for Baals. And the deal was, I think the deal was pretty fair, because Elijah said, you know what? You set the altar, you don't put the fire, you cry out to your God, uh, and if he's powerful, let him bring the fire down. And this was not a random, a random criteria that he was speaking, because the Canaanites believed that Baal was a god of fire, and the Israelites also believed that God was a god of fire. So he's like, okay, let's see who is the real god of fire. So they did. Unfortunately, they spent the whole morning. There was nothing that happened. I love the verse 30. 
that is where my focus is going to be this morning. After they have failed to do everything, First uh, King 18, verse 30, Elijah did something that I think was very significant, and I think that can help us this morning. The Bible says, first, he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob. I know we know the story that Elijah won at the hand. I want to draw your particular attention over this verse. Notice how he didn't build a new altar. He took the one that was thrown, destroyed, and repaired it. Now, the Hebrew, the Hebrew verb that is used over there comes from the same root word as Rapha, that we say Jehovah Rapha, God's our healer. So it is um, the same verb that sometimes it is used to heal, to restore. I was so intrigued to see that God accepted an offering that was made from a broken altar, an altar that has been destroyed and rebuilt, and God accepted that offering. If God can accept the offering that has been done on an altar that has been restored and repaired, God can also accept the service from a broken heart, from a broken life, a broken past. That shouldn't be a criteria or a reason why you shouldn't serve God, you shouldn't give to the world because of what happened. We see here clearly that God didn't mind So as we are reading this story, I want us to remember that most of the time we think that God wants, we need first to become new before God can use us. We need to rebrand ourselves because God can use us. Typically, that's not the case in the Bible. God wants me and you to come with our broken heart just the way it is. With our loaded past, with everything that has happened, God wants us to come as we are. And himself is going to repair us such that the offering and the service that we are going to present is going to be acceptable to himself. When we go to the New Testament, we see the life of Saul, who became Paul. God did not erase all his past, all the teachings that he had as a Pharisee. God did not ask him to pretty much rebrand or become anew. He used, you know, at one point even the Apostle Paul started even bragging about how he persecuted the church. This is a clear sign that God built on the broken past that he had, a tough past, a violent past that he had. God still used those pieces and used them in a way that we had somebody who wrote the majority part of the New Testament. 
So this is an invitation to, to all of us this morning. Every time you come across this story, I know you'll remember about how Elijah won the battle. But I want you also to remember that if God accepted the sacrifice that was done on a repaired altar, God can also accept a sacrifice that can come from a broken heart. You don't need to heal on yourself by yourself before you can come to God. You don't need to fix whatever happened in the past before you can come to God. This story reminds us that God can use those broken pieces, that broken past, that heavy past. He can use it as an altar that will serve this generation, this church, why not the whole world? May God bless his word. Amen.